Welcome to another episode of Pop Out Proxy, a podcast where we offer up unsolicited, unpopular, and unwarranted opinions about music and pop culture. This is episode two. I'm Doggett in the city. And I'm DJ Lames, a.k.a. North Lamar. What's going on? How was your week? Uh, it's been pretty boring. Um, these hurricane winds came through Austin last night. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. So woke up in the middle of the morning, couldn't go back to sleep for like an hour and a half. And, you know, now we're here and it's Friday. Thank God. But yeah. All the days merged together for me. I have no idea what day it is, what week it is. Like yesterday was my birthday and it totally didn't feel like it at all. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. I'm one year closer to the big four up. (laughs) (laughs) What did you do? Just stay in the house. Uh, Johnny made dinner, had some homemade enchiladas. Uh, My coworkers sent me like a little cocktail kit. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, also got a master class for my birthday. You seen the mm-hmm. uh, ads for those? A master class, not that one with RuPaul. No, not it's not. Just I mean, not the that one, one, but is that the company? It's the company. Yeah, it's yeah. not. So you get a subscription. It's not just you get to pick whoever you want. So it's not just RuPaul. All right. So which one are you gonna pick? So the first one I'm picking is Timberland, obviously. Okay. Um, Dead Mouse has one. Mm-hmm. So there's about, I mean, there's a lot of them, but there's like 30 different celebrities. This is not an ad. <laughs> no, this is not an ad for, for <laughs> Masterclass <laughs> at all. Unless they want to pay us. I mean, I'll no. take your money. Um, yeah. But no, so you get to pick whoever you want, however many people you want within that year's time frame. Um, so yeah, so Misty Copeland has one, the ballerina, um, Chef Ramsey, it's a whole bunch of them. All right, that's cool. That's cool. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, I'm interested to try it out. So they, they have a deal just in case you want to do it. Does sound like an ad. <laughs> <laughs> so you and Robbie can do one mm. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> you do like, can I, can I buy one class? No, you can't buy one class. This is a year subscription. Nah, F that. That's a lot of commitment. <laughs> that's a lot of commitment. No, you don't have to like do, you can I do know. as many or as little as you want. We'll take this offline because I need to know price. I need to know. <laughs> That's masterclass, everyone. <laughs> well, anyways, I mean, how other than your birthday, how, how was the rest of your week? Uh, again, like I said, it, it, they just all blurred together. Uh, continued my trash television week. So last week I told you about my feet are killing me. Mm-hmm. This week I have a new show for you. Oh, no. Uh, called Turdy Works. <laughs> So, Charity Works is this woman that makes art out of moose poop. <laughs> I wish I mean, the shit out of Jeff right now. What? <laughs> out of what? Out of moose poop. For who? For people, for guests, you can, or whoever. So, she had these, <laughs> she had these, um, she has moose turd earrings. Oh my God. <laughs> and she also has these things she calls fecal people. <laughs> I I am shocked. What? Where she makes like little puppets out of moose poop. <laughs> and then she like, oh my God. I, I'm actually intrigued. I actually kind of like want to see, see what this stuff looks go. like. That is ridiculous though. It looks like turds with like little like like hooks on them, honestly. That's oh uh, I'm I'm but I'm fascinated. <laughs> I am. You should check. Oh, I you know what when I saw it. I was like, how do you make a whole ass TV show out of like a bitch following mooses around and collecting poop? So, yeah. I'm interested too. I haven't seen the show yet, 
Mm -hmm. I saw the previews for it, but then I looked her up on YouTube. And yeah, yeah. she's just like, oh, yeah, I just follow them around. And, you know, every time I see shit, I just think about money. I was like, okay. Okay. See, I need to know the process. I need to know who's buying this stuff. <laughs> I need to know what the final product looks like. I need well, to know what is shipping and handling. I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> is there a biohazard involved? Or what does she do? Like, does she clean yeah, them? I mean, when I saw the video, she was like handling them without like gloves. Uh no okay, gloves, what, no mask, no nothing. So I don't know if she cleans them or what. And is she um, a Caucasian woman? Yes, <laughs> yes, she is. Okay, okay, that, that explains <laughs> a lot. Thank you, thank you for clearing that up real quick for me. Um, yeah. Could you imagine a sister going out and picking up shit and making earrings? Uh, out of it? <laughs> no, I, I really could not. Actually, no. Um, yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> I mean, other than that, the state is opening back up. How do you feel about it? Well, I mean, I just want to thank the people that are going out right now. Thanks mm -hmm. for your sacrifice. Um, thanks for being tributes because they treating y'all y'all like guinea pigs. Um, I'll be here in the house until probably like May or June, uh, mm -hmm. like June or July. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm going to let everybody have a good good time. Um, I'm gonna be right there with you. Um, I've already made it clear to my job that you will not see me in no office anytime soon. Not doing it. They sent out an actual. They sent out a survey this week just to gauge what everybody's interest was in going back into the office. Like, do you feel comfortable? Um, do you, you know, do you have the right, you know, equipment and stuff to, you know, for a cleaning environment? So what's your office environment like? Is it offices or cubicles? So, no, we moved from an old office building that had individual offices to a open layout. So it's like one big open office on two sides. So, and I'm on the side with all the developers and developers are not clean people at all. <laughs> So I just don't trust being in a whole cubicle situation, especially an open office situation, like at all. So, so like with a, cu a cubicle, you at least have some kind of border protection. Where our office, you can literally look in front of you and see the person that's working in front of you. You know, depending on how how tall you are. Um, so there's no there's no division. There's no you know cubicle setup where you have your own little nook to go to. So yeah, no, I'm good. I'm not going back. See, I I even have my own office, so that's better. But still, you still have to like share your share the uh, the kitchen. You know, you still mm -hmm. got to touch the doors. You still got to use the restroom with people. I'm like, nah, it's, we're not even at that point yet. Yeah, I mean, knowing them, they'll try to get us to go there coming up in like June or July. But I think they've been pretty good about you know. If you don't feel comfortable coming, you don't have to come. Like you're working that out with your manager and so on. And best believe I will not be there. Um, even come late fall, I still won't be there. I'm not doing it. <laughs> you don't I, miss I, your coworkers? You don't miss the camaraderie? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, lie. no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna lie and try to be sweet. I mean <laughs> You have no so you don't have no coworkers you're cool with? No, I do. I mean, I have like I have a handful that I'm cool with and that, you know, I, I kick it with and talk shit with. But to risk my life to go see y'all in the office and so we can say hello to each other and then I can go back <laughs> to doing what I do. No, that, yeah, no. Yeah, I'll stick, to, I know. I'll stick to the uh, the virtual happy hours uh, and all that. I was about to say, because your coworkers be tearing you up. What's your, oh, with the happy hours? Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. They actually tried to get me with one today. I was like, oh, man. 
<laughs> Last week, we talked about the versus thing, and you were not watching it. You was not down with it. This week, you got to pick a side. It's DMX versus Jay Z. Got to got to pick a side. Where does this even come? Who who decides this? Uh, so the people honestly have been doing it themselves a little bit with some of celebrities and whatnot. DMX was on Drink Champs, and they asked him like, "Oh, who would you want to do a a catalog battle against?" And he's like, "Jay." And they was like, "Oh, Jay Z." Like, yeah. Who you think I'm talking about? How does that even? I don't. Uh, that's exhausting. <laughs> that, 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 that's or, way too is, much about it. What are you? I'm not thinking, thinking way too much about it. It's just I can't compare them to. I'm easily going to go with Jay Z based on catalog and body Zero. of work. They only do 20 songs. I think DMX can take out Jay Z. There's no way Jay Z can keep up with the energy that DMX has. DMX goes hard, like all the time. Well, really, I'm basing it off of popularity too. Um, if we're gonna be talking about lyricism, I still gotta give it to Jay. No, no, really, X, X all the way. Uh, Jay Z was coming out with. I always called Jay Z a pop like rapper. Absolutely. What? Yeah. Why? Okay, explain that. Break that down. Why? Jay Z switches up was was switching up as much as he possibly could to fit whatever the dynamic is of that time because Jay-Z is a businessman. DMX is DMX. Every CD is DMX. There's no changing of songs. Like his style has been from the end of his career to the end of his career. He's been this exact same person. Jay-Z, he goes from gangster Jay-Z. It's go to party Jay-Z. Then it's, I mean, he's always been a hustler throughout all his music, that I can say. Um, but yeah, he definitely switches up depending on what the, the climate is. Mm-hmm. I have to disagree. Um, I feel like Jay-Z has always been true to Jay-Z's style of rap coming from New York. Um, I do think, yes, he's done some collaborations that have maybe taken him out of his lane and like added some new layer of sound, you know, but I feel like Jay-Z has always stayed true to Jay-Z in as far as his, his lyricism and his, you know, his rapping. I, I, no, I have to totally disagree. Another one. So Monica and Brandy, they're not... So they're not battling though. Monica mm-hmm. came out and was like, "No, I'm not doing this beat battle yeah. thing or whatever." Um, just because you know her and Brandy have bad blood, mm-hmm. and Monica's not with it. Um, that one I have to go with Brandy because I know way more of Brandy's music. And that's the only reason why. Like, These I can't. Picks are trash. What? <laughs> These picks are trash. It is not no trash. No way ever I'm picking Brandy. Never. Why? Why do you hate Brandy so much? Brandy has no soul in her voice. Monica is much more powerful. Once again, I have to disagree. Brandy's range is way more than Monica. Like, way more than Monica. Oh, my God. Brandy, like, are you one of those vocal Bible people? I'm not saying Brandy's the vocal Bible at all, but I'm talking about what Brandy can do with her voice and the range she has and the talent that she has. Absolutely not. Monica is one lane only, whereas Brandy has like has the range, has the technique, has everything that's needed. What songs do y'all be listening to? I'm always curious. The thing. See, that's the thing. I don't listen to Monica like that. I feel like Monica is auntie music. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> you said auntie music. What it does sure that mean? Is. What is auntie music? Like auntie old school music. R&B? 
Um, it's not even like old school R&B. It's like I'm pissed off at my man, so I'm going to go listen to Monica because she has exactly what I need, you know, whatever, to be pissed off and, you know, and stuff. Like, it's not so much like old school R&B. It's just like this type of music. Like, I mean, that's Monica and Keisha Cole and who else? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and go ahead and finish your list. Who, is it? who else is that? Who else you want to trash today? Uh, I mean, I'm not trashing you. <laughs> Teach their own. It's just, that's not my, that's not my lane. When I've listened to Brandy's albums or whatever, I'm like, there's, there's things in there musically that I, I love and I can rock with in the production of it. I, I just never sat down with Monica like that. Yeah, so, I'm big. I'm fair. big on Monica. Brandy was always pop to me, and that's kind of, I guess, that's what it is too. I'm not mm-hmm. a big in person that's into pop music. Mm-hmm. And when I saw her like back in the day singing "Top of the World," she always, first of all, she always sounded like she whining to me. I'm like, what are y'all listening to? It's not it. <laughs> <Hey, laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't. What when I did start hearing her sing? It's funny mm-hmm. because when I did start hearing her sing, it wasn't on albums. It's when I started seeing her uh, sing like online. And like, well, where are these soulful-ass vocals at on your music? Like, your music is thin as fuck. But then I see you singing soulfully on online. I yeah, I mean, I, I, that she's not the only one that does that. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure there's multiple artists that, you know, has the soulful range, but they, you know, have to put out pop stuff so they can stay in the business and get records sold and whatever. You know, like, they're, they're, they're a puppet to the machine. So it's like... Well, that you know, goes back to the whole Jay thing, because even Jay said said it in his own music is like, oh, yeah, you know, I would be rapping like such and such, but that don't make that's not popular. So I rap like this. And I'm like, oh, man, get out of here. I don't hear this shit. And that's how I think of Brandy. So, yeah. I, I mean, mean both, both of them are good artists. Yeah. I just don't really they're not on the top of my list. I mean, no, neither one of them are on the top of my list either. And don't get me wrong, I have issues with Jay-Z and, you know, some of his, not his lyrics, but like just a, I'm going to leave rap and then I keep coming back. I'm going to retire and I keep coming back. Like that whole stint, like that gets on my nerves. Like leave if you're going to leave. But, you know, <laughs> it's whatever. Leave. Like, he's trying yeah. to stay relevant. That's Like I said, he's a businessman. He's, he's trying to stay relevant. Mm-mm. Let's get into this segment. <laughs> <laughs> So what's today's verses? All right. So today's verses, you know, since, you know, Rona has us locked in the house and has her ashy ankles on our throats and our foreheads, <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about music festivals versus live shows. So are we saying which one do you like better or the best ones you've been I'm a, to? I'm going to break it down. I'm going to break it down. Okay. All right. So since we are in a pandemic right now and, you know, we can't go to any live shows and we can't go to any music festivals, what do you miss about festivals or live concerts in general? In general, I miss the atmosphere and the energy that festivals have. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, like, I'm from Baltimore, so the festivals are kind of different from the ones here in Austin. So back home, the festivals kind of reflect the neighborhood you're in. So Baltimore has like, I don't know, 20, 30 different neighborhoods. Um, mm-hmm. And each one of them kind of has their own signature festival. So you have like Artscape, where there's like basically they shut down the entire neighborhood. And it's, I mean, when I say neighborhood, it's maybe like 30, 40 different acts that are all around this neighborhood. So you can go to like these little clubs and see local folks play. But then you go to the main stage and you can see some mainstream people perform. You also go and get, you know, you can go see some art that local folks made or regional people have made. Then you can also get local food. And so it's totally different than like Mm. ACL and 
South by Southwest and, you know, those kind of things. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of South by Southwest, though, because, it's you know, like it's, it's what South by used to be what, you know, 15 years ago, where it was local acts, big up local acts and, you know, local, you know, the local scene and, and businesses and so on. So, yeah, I mean, and, and when I was thinking about it earlier, that's kind of what I would imagine that uh, South by Southwest was back in the mm-hmm. day. Like I said, so the the big acts are the anchor, but then everywhere else, it's all local or regional artists. So it's mm-hmm. like DJs everywhere. Um, there's young talent where they're dancing and whatnot. Then there's singers. I mean, and it's not just music. So it, mm-hmm. it's literally artscape. So it's like, you know, a photographer that, you know, is putting on an exhibit. There's these art cars that kind of sit out there. And then there's like a rock band outside or whatever. I mean, and, and then they show films. And so, yeah, so... It's what I would think that South by Southwest was 10 to 15 years ago. I see. Yeah, I'd have to say I miss more, I miss live shows. You know me, I don't, um, I'm not one to be playing outside and, <laughs> and so on. So, you know, I love me a good live show indoors with AC or whatever. You know what I mean? Now, like, my preference is indoor live shows. Cause I'm with yeah. you. That's what I mean. Like, so when you're at like South by or ACL, you're literally there standing all day in the heat around a whole bunch of people. Like, mm-hmm. no, I want to be able to go and come and go as I please, you know, whether mm-hmm. I want to be in the crowd or don't want to be in the crowd. Like everywhere you go in ACL, like you're there. So there's nowhere to go unless you just want to lay in the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. That is true. So based on that, like what's more important to you when it comes to like live shows and festivals? Is it the demographic and the audience or is like the venue sound or all three? Like what do you look for when you're considering going to see a musical act? I mean, the first thing is the artist. I mean, I don't care who it is. If I don't, if I'm not feeling you, if I don't know who you are, I'm not coming out regardless. Um, once you're there, I don't think I really care about the, the venue either. Um, like I said, it just depends on who you're listening to. Like mm-hmm. if it's a, um, if it's one of those festivals, like it's constant acts following behind each other. Um, if I'm in, in the mood to like kind of learn about new people, then I prefer that atmosphere. But if it's somebody I know, then I prefer a live club venue. Um, yeah, for me, it well, first, yeah, it has to be the artist. Like, if it's a big enough artist, I will ignore all three situations and go see them regardless and go support. Um, but if it's just like, oh, I like this artist, I've heard a few songs, I want to go see them live just to see what they're about, um, I could definitely not go depending on what venue it is. I could definitely be like, nah, I'm not going to do it because I already know the venue's too small and it's going to be right. too crowded or something like that. Or like the security is going to be whack. Um, and then the next thing will be the sound. Like, if the sound's not good, I hate yeah. going to a venue where the sound's not good. And uh, and Austin has a lot of those. That the I only can- place that I really feel uncomfortable when I'm here, and it's not even for live shows, it's more for, like, theater or whatever. The uh, the Paramount, the chairs. <laughs> I'd be dying. Those little-ass yeah, no. chairs. And I'm not even really that big, but it's, those chairs are tiny. Yeah, the one for me would be Stubbs. I cannot stand stub, Stubbs. I hate the way that it's laid out, the way that it curves. And it's, I like the fact that it's downhill, but the right. whole curve and how where they place the soundstage, it is the most annoying thing to me. But like, I can't do it. But like, See, for the I most part, for venues, I think for a lot of venues here, I think it's more about the atmosphere than mm-hmm. like, oh, does it sound, you know, acoustically well kind of thing, like Stubbs. 
to me, when I think of stubs, I'm like, it's people hanging out in a big ass backyard mm-hmm. and there happens to be a band that's playing there. Yeah, when I go to Stubbs, I I literally can hear the next person's conversation the whole time that I'm there. No matter who is playing, you know, it could be mid of their their show and I can still like hear every single conversation that's around me. It's just the worst place to be. But if I go to Emos, depending on what it is, like if it's usually if it's a DJ or producer at Emos, yeah. It, it's like the sound is amazing, lights are amazing, so on. But I've also been there and I've seen some bad acts with, you know, you know, in Emos too, like as far as sound. Yeah. Uh, Emos is one of my favorite ones. But again, I just don't like standing around. Yeah. <laughs> I like <laughs> I did just say I was 39, so maybe I'm old. I'm like, yeah. I want to I want a chair. I want a place where I can like sit if I want to sit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, because okay. I'm not going to like all your songs. So true, I got to stand true. there and pretend to be into it. Whereas though, it's like, all right, you know, I'll sit this one out and then I'll be up on the next song. All right. Well, let's talk about that. So what type of artist do you like to see live, you know? If I really like the artist, I want to see all artists live because mm. I want to see what you sound like on album versus live. Uh, for some people, I've definitely changed my mind. I've seen them live and I didn't necessarily like their album, but then it made me a fan of theirs when I saw them live. And I'm like, well, why is this not on an album? Uh, what am I getting? Mm. Like, So that definitely like lends itself to the producer or whoever is directing the CD versus what their live performance is. You get to see a lot more of their personality when they're performing live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to see more DJs and producers live because I feel like the whole time it's going to be it's going to be a party. It's going to be you know people dancing and so on. Like we're not just standing around and watching somebody do some you know hippity dippity, you know <laughs> insane. You know, like I like don't get me wrong, that type of music is great and you know soulful music is is wonderful. But like I'm not trying to see no white artists up there with. And I don't want to, I don't want to limit it to that. Why are you why are you categorizing? Like I can go see like for example, I can go see Scissors. Scissors is hippity-dippity, okay. whatever. But okay. I can go and get my life, you know, every single word and be in the moment and stuff like that. Like I know at least the production of her music is gonna sound great in in say a, a venue like Emos. But if I'm gonna go see, for example, Wild Child, I don't yeah. wanna see them in Emos. I wanna see them at Mohawks where yeah. it's outdoors, they have live instrumentation and it's going to sound great and there's nothing, you know, confining that sound into that, you know, that venue. So, like... For SZA, the, uh, the example you use for SZA, I think she definitely fits better in smaller venues. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was... So I went to go see Kendrick Lamar when they all were on tour together and just thinking of her catalog compared to theirs, I'm like, SZA really don't have upbeat songs. Like, oh, at 360? Well, I went, I saw them three times. So I went, oh. to, I went to Miami and saw them. <laughs> I went to Vancouver and saw them and also saw them in 360. So when every time she got up there, I think the best time that I saw her was when it was at 360. Because uh, she really? added like, well, because she added remixes to the songs. So, you know, yeah, like Kendrick and them have like upbeat, energetic songs. Yeah. Kind of like you were saying before, SZA has, you know, hippy dippy songs. And sometimes, to me, the songs blend into each other. So mm. I can't necessarily tell when one song ends and then one song begins. Like, when we went to go see her Emos, she sounded good. But I was like, I just really wish I would see her in a smaller venue. I loved her at Emos. I did not... 
and I and I loved her at 360 because I went to that show too. But that was during a time when she was having voice issues, right? Um, and her voice was gone, so I couldn't like I couldn't really say anything bad or neg- negative about it. It's like you know she's at a fucking amphitheater trying to right. sing, and her voice is shot. But like in emos, I was like, yeah, I, I loved everything about it. But I had literally seen her in all types of venues. I've seen her at South By on like a really small stage where she's like five feet away from me. Right. I've seen her, you know. Yeah, the vocals were, like I said, the vocals weren't the problem. I just think her music in general just lends itself to something a little bit more intimate. And like I said, especially in the, when she was by herself, that was fine. Mm-hmm. But when you put her in the context of like everybody else, I'm just like, all right, you got all these upbeat songs. SZA don't have no upbeat song. Yes, <laughs> Jeff, you are. Just, you're not gonna do sizzle like that. I'm now. gonna do will, sizzle like yeah, that. Yeah, no, that is my number. All one. the way. That is my number. <laughs> I was like, one. oh, I said, wow. I said, how is she going? Like, I think she opened up. Maybe. No, no, no. She was second. She's still headline. It was her and then Kendrick. But it's like Schoolboy Q goes up, and Schoolboy Q is like major energy, and then you got SZA coming up there, and I'm like, major energy. What are you talking about? Schoolboy Q didn't become major energy until he lost all that weight. Absolutely oh not. Schoolboy Q is major energy. His music now in general. He is, now he is. Even the no, songs. I've literally that is life because I just went oh to my Fun, Fun Fun Fest and saw Schoolboy Schoolboy ah, Schoolboy Q skirmit, skirmit, on, skirmit. <laughs> on stage and he was so high. It was the it was the wackest thing. Like his music was like, oh, it's this is this is this is hype, but he's not hype on stage. So it's like the performance wasn't there. Well, so you talking but about then, two different things. You talk, so lost talking weight, about two different things. You're lost weight, stopped smoking, and now he's great, and the performance is there. It's like you can have the most hype music, but if your performance on stage doesn't match that, I don't. I'm not there with you. I can't. Nah. So you talking about we talking about two different things. You talking about they his go performance, hand in hand. the music for me. Like SZA can you cannot hype SZA music up. There's yes, no you way. can. No, you can't. That, yes, that's, you can. that's no way you can hype SZA. I mean, she music dances up. and jumps across that stage. Oh, she's hyping God. it she up. That's like any other stage. art. She skips across the goddamn and stage. That, and she's hyping it up. Whether it's Schoolboy Q just dancing, no. let me go walk Sca- this way. Schoolboy Q like, music no. is way more hype. It, it can be hype, but the thing is, when it comes to the performance, they both have to match each other. You cannot sit here and just she cannot. There's no way she can match him. There's no oh way. God. Okay. We can go song for song. She does not have as many. This is why songs. we have this po- this podcast. <laughs> she does not at all. Is, Lord. <laughs> all right. Well, other than that, what was your best concert experience? When, where, who, and what? The best one I went to was actually recently went to go see um, Muse in Houston, and that show was phenomenal. Um, the production is the major like high point for it. Because I don't know a lot of Muse songs, but even the songs you didn't know, they always kind of had something going on. It was almost like futuristic Cirque du Soleil. Like they had these like robots that would come out of the ground. And then some some way they had this like huge mechanical monster in the back of the stage that you couldn't see at first. And then all of a sudden the lights go down and then you can see this thing like trying to grab at them. So that's probably the best show that I've ever seen um second would probably be Kendrick Lamar uh when we went to Miami to go see him mm-hmm. mm. this one is hard for me because uh, I don't know um I'm gonna say recent the best one that I probably have seen was Miramasa at Emos okay um yeah 
And that was like right before South by started. It was like the week leading up into it. So everybody and their mom was there. It was just like a hype situation. It was so much fun, so much dancing and so on. Um, and like, you know, he's a producer. So of course, like the sound and, and the music and everything was perfect for that type of atmosphere or whatever. Although every, you know, UT student and <laughs> was there. See, that, that can ruin a concert for you too. Yeah. The, the audience. Like, yeah. So if the audience is not right, then I'm not going to be into but, it. They take me out of the performance. Mm-hmm. But if the music is there, like I can ignore everything if the music has me hype and, you know, I'm having a good time. Back in the day, probably the best concert I've been to or show would probably be when I saw hmm, Santi Gold at Lollapalooza in Chicago. Hmm. That was like maybe 2008, 2009. Like, so I literally had seen her maybe a year before in Austin. And then when I got one tickets to Lollapalooza, I saw her there. Um, And that whole weekend was just epic because it was like that whole music scene that I was into when I saw her. So it was like, I got to see her along with Friendly Fires, along with Mike Snow. Right. uh, Crystal Castles, it just all went down the hill. Like, oh, I forgot. Uh, I saw Crystal Castles at Emo. That was fun. I forgot all about that. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. who have you not seen in concert that you want to see? I want to see. Oh, I have not seen. Jeff, this is hard. You know, I know. Right, oh, I haven't seen Sampha. I haven't seen Sampha. Okay. Okay, you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, Pink. I always wanted to see Pink live. You don't like pop music, but yet I love you Pink. Go... I do love Pink. I hate Jeff. I hate him so much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I dislike pop music. I'm not like mm. major. I'm not. It's not the first music genre I'm running to. Yeah. Okay. Um. I get. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, don't try to. Don't try to trip me up. I'm no. I'm not. Okay. It's only episode so... two. <laughs> All right. So based on that, I want you to curate your own epic live show, whether it be a live show, a music festival, or whatever. But you have four criteria: the type of experience or genre. So it can be, you know, soul music, indie, punk, or mixture. The top three acts on the bill. Is it a festival or a live show um, environment? And then the ideal venue or location anywhere on, anywhere in the world. Um, let's see. The genre is going to be a mixed bag because it's going to be a whole bunch of different people in this. Uh, so I went down to X and like, so opener kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Toro y Moi and uh, Childish Gambino. So, oh, so let me also preface. So I kind of did mashups of people that I want to see do songs together. So, okay. Open an act, Toro y Moi with Childish Gambino. Um, the second act is Rihanna and Jack White. And then the third would be Sade and Kendrick Lamar. Okay. All right. What about you? All right. Let's see. So the type of experience is going to be a, it's going to be a hip hop show, you know, or Hip hop producer, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it because my first opening <laughs> like act DJ Khaled. <laughs> yeah, not really. No, 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 no. So like my first, so all right, my first act is gonna be K Okay. 
All right. Kajanada with support from Toby Lou. I just threw that one in there just because I, yeah, I love it. I saw it. you playing their songs earlier. I was like, let me listen to this Toby Lou. I love Toby Lou. It's the second, second time you, I've seen that pop up on your feed. <laughs> um, He's stalking you. The second act is going to be, a, a, what you call it, Tierra Whack. Okay. And then we're going to go in from Tierra Whack to Kid Cudi. Okay. As the, and Kid Cudi as the headliner? Yeah, as the headliner. And it's going to be a, and I don't do these often anymore, it's going to be a music festival because I feel like, you know, outside would just be amazing and, and just the, the energy. And it's going to be in in London somewhere or in, in the UK somewhere. I'm not sure where. I don't think I said where mine was going to be. I think I, I definitely want a somewhere out of the country. So I want somewhere in South America, maybe like Peru, um, yeah, you know, something exact, something different. You, you always buy a beach? It's gonna be by a beach or anything? What? No, no, not by a beach. Actually, it's somewhere like when I'm thinking about something like that, I think I want like people to like have to like travel and like go out of their way, not just at the beach. Oh, so you want me to break my neck and travel and go through the jungle and the rainforest? Yes, exactly. I want you to. <laughs> I want you to get this treasure map. I want you to be able to find it. And if you can't find it, then sorry for you. We'll check you out next time. You gotta, you know, pack your tent and your water bottle and your hiking boots. And yeah, you gotta know. You gotta make do. Exactly. Uh, so mine will not be. Mine will be in some secluded little park, uh, you know, outside the city center in the UK of some city. I don't know. Um, you you won't have to hike or camp. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we're already outside, so inside's going to be luxury. So there'll be a nice, you know, some nice hotels around. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Katronada because originally I had him as kind of like the the in-between, like DJ kind of. Mm-hmm. Like when the acts change, I was like, oh, I should have Katronada do like the transitions or like the pauses in between when the acts are changing. So that's how I was going to use Katronada. Nice. Nice. I think that is all I have for this segment. But overall, wait, overall, which one do you prefer more, though? As far as experience goes? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I think we're going to always go for small venue clubs. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, you just get that interaction with the person. You get to see a little bit more of their personality. Minus all the production and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's usually a a lot more stripped down. They really have to rely on their like real talent Mm -hmm. as opposed to like a whole bunch of lights and dancers yeah, I have to agree. Like, yeah, small venue live shows is probably where it's at for me, with the exception of if I did go do a music a music festival again, it would have to be like um, Day for Night in Houston when that used to be a thing. Uh, did you ever hear about that music festival? I heard about it. I've never been. Jeff, it was it was magical. It was so wonderful. It was the most. It was like the music festival for weirdos and outcast and hip-hop and hipsters whatever have you ever been to afropunk no but basically it was afropunk but like i don't know does afropunk have like art installations and stuff like it's like it is dedicated to art too uh i'm not really sure but i've never been i was going to say we should go um i don't know i think they i think they do so like Music-wise, Day for Night was like Afropunk, but the experience was also driven by art. So, like, outside is all the stages, but inside this huge post office, closed-down post office in Houston downtown was all of this art, like two stories full of it. 
it was fucking amazing. And then, See, that's what I meant when I was talking about the festivals earlier. I was yeah. like, that's what that's the kind of festival that I'm like used to. Mm-hmm. Like I said, not just like, oh, let's, you know, follow chase bands around all day. And I'm like, all right, you know, this was cool for an hour. And then I really only see one. I only want to see one person. And then, you know, and that's really it. So then I'm like, all right, well, what else do I do for the rest of the day? Yeah. As yeah. opposed to like what you're talking about. It's like, all right, I get to go see these cool art installations with these weird eclectic people. But then I also get the music part with it, too. Mm-hmm. See, that sounds wonderful. That sounds amazing. I want I want Day for Night to come back, but uh, we can never keep a good thing. They brought Freaknik back. You should go to that. Well, uh... <laughs> it's funny. Right. They brought Freaknik. Oh. First of all, they brought Freaknik back and didn't make it Freaknik. They tried to make it family friendly. <laughs> I was like, how do you make Freaknik family friendly? In Atlanta or where? where was in Atlanta. Like? No, it's back oh, in the same place. They have different people running it or whatever. And then, yeah, but they were talking about they were going to try to make it family friendly. The funny part is, I think one of the headliners was like Project Pat. So I'm like, wait a minute. None of this, <laughs> none of this is going to work. Like these artists don't match with what you're talking about. I like, just drop the name Freak Nick and call it something Yeah, else. I'm, I'm shaking my head. That that sounds horrible. How you going? How you Freak Nick with kids? So how, how, <laughs> like that's I right. That defeats the whole purpose of Freak Nick. Oh, all right. Anyway, who do you have flowers for or your guilty pleasures this week? My guilty pleasure this week only because she came out with a new album that hit and I'm very excited and I was very, very scared because I was starting to lose interest in them was Kehlani. Uh, Yeah, she came out with her album today, this morning, Friday. Um, And it's really good. I pressed play and had no interruptions. Didn't feel the need to skip any songs. I just breezed right on through it. And I was like, yes, this is this is what I wanted from you. This is what I've been Didn't she just come out with the album? Mm -hmm. I mean, today. Beforehand? Like beforehand. See, and if she did, and and if she did, I completely skipped it because it was not for me. I mean, I'm not sure. I I just Uh, remember somebody talking about a Kaylani song. Mm-hmm. a couple of months ago and I was like I did she just come out with a project she know. released a couple of songs I know last year and so on um, and she had some collabs last year that you know kind of had some issues with but I mean as far as like a new album that she promoted that I paid attention to was this one and I'm not disappointed so you know gotta give it up to her that's my guilty pleasure because I know some people think she's problematic <laughs> <laughs> wait why is she problematic you know, uh, no, I really no. I'm serious. This is the first time because, I heard you that. You know, it's like is she black using the n word. You know, yada, like that. So, well, what know. is she? She's supposedly she her somewhere on one side or mama's side or daddy's side. Somebody's <laughs> black or something. Oh, I don't know. It's one of those situations. She's using like, the one drop rule. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah. What about you? I never know. I mean, it's funny. They that you mentioned that I was just watching Unsung and mm-hmm. they had John B on there and I don't know if you remember what he looked like or his songs or whatever but so John B was basically before Justin Timberlake yeah. and they always tried to make him look like a light-skinned black man and that was on purpose so he could fit into mm-hmm. you know black culture so kind of the same that- thing with the uh, pink 
he had that fade and that Caesar yes. down pack. Yes. <laughs> fade and a Caesar. I was like, y'all always, I was like, John be a nigga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And, and that's Not. what they purposely made him look yeah. like. Uh, they said Elder Barge is what they were mm-hmm. trying to like go for to oh, give him God. some ethnicity instead of just being a white boy that sang uh-huh. R&B music. The white devil. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to the white devil's list. <laughs> it sounds like we always get there at the end. He's going. Actually, John B is acceptable. Justin Timberlake is never acceptable. We, I agree with that. I second you on that. We agreed on something this episode, people. We agreed yes. on something. Um, yeah. Anyway, my flowers are going to. Uh, she's a British singer, and they also categorize her as a rapper for some reason. But um, her name is I M D D B. Okay. Um, yeah. And they, she's kind of categorized as trap jazz, urban jazz. Um, she's really dope. Actually, she was also on my list as well because I'd like to see her and Rihanna kind of do a song. Uh, they kind of had that same kind of swag. <laughs> but yeah, I've been listening to her for almost a year now. And I just bumped into her music by accident. Just like nice. when I hit random and it's like, oh, who's this chick? Yeah, she, she shows up on some of my playlists when I put it on random too. But I never like sit down and like go listen to the rest of her catalog and see what else she's about so I might do that now that you brought her up yeah um Shade and Drippy are probably her two most popular songs alright got some new music for the weekend thanks (laughs) (laughs) All right, right that's it for Pop by Proxy this episode um check us out on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Pop by Proxy Pod um, we're looking for guests. Hit us up if you want to talk shit, debate a topic, highlight your favorite artist, uh, asking for any submissions for digital art, photography, music. Uh, we'll shout you out on the podcast or post you up on our social media. You got anything right else, Lames? Nope. You can just find me on Instagram at Too Legit Too Lames. That's Too Legit Number Two Lames. And you can find me at Dog in the City on Facebook and Instagram. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Peace.